guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Hey y'all, it's your host, Beard Man. And the Bald Eagle. <laughs> Coming at you. On a, that was perfectly timed. That, that... <laughs> Sound of a bald eagle. I, that was still a holdover from last week's. I didn't move it in the recording, so we timed that so well. Oh, now, I thought you hit a button or something. No, I yeah, I have I, uh, available now on Android and iOS the bald eagle soundboard. Now you can sound like Lucas Candy from Oxford Holy Club. <laughs> uh, and just so you know, if you're wondering, Brad and I did just have a heart to heart where he did ask me if the bald eagle thing was going to hurt my feelings. And I told him no, because before, if you saw me, you're like, oh, I didn't know he was bald. And now if you see me, you'll probably be like, oh, he's not that bald. So I figure it's better than, you know, one's better than the other. Absolutely. Lucas, we didn't really talk about this before we started the episode. And now it's going to get a little awkward. Did you remember to hit record on your software? I'm pretty sure I did, but I'm going to do my standard double, ch- double check. And uh, yep, the, uh, the audio waves are rolling. And they're rolling from your the, the microphone? From the, no, yes, from the microphone. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. I just thought it now. I thought, <laughs> oh no. Well, Lucas, how was your day? Um, and it was uh, busy. It was a, it was a busy day at the old education factory. Uh, lots of uh, exciting things happening for me to deal with that I can't talk about on the air, but uh, keep me busy. And uh, then just before I got on the air, I was helping a friend of mine. He, uh, he does maple syrup and he was cleaning out his big evaporator, the big machine that gets all steamy and stuff. <laughs> And, uh, and there was, uh, yeah, so I was kind of helping him with that and he starts his maple syrup season. Uh, so, uh, to, to Mr. Jeff, if you're out there listening, uh, I hope you have a great syrup season ahead of you. Shout out to Jeff, uh, uh, long time friend, not sure if he's a listener of the podcast. Never time listener. What's that? Long time friend, never time listener. Uh, he's what we call in the industry a (laughs) pre-listener. Pre, that's right. I don't think that's a thing. (laughs) It can be. Well, um. So it's been it's been a day. Yeah, it's been it's been a day, but I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to doing another one of these things with you. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it too. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. I've got mm-hmm. my this time I've got coffee beside me. We're gonna keep um, well not that's not hydrated because what is it called? It's a dia diuretic. Diuretic. Well, it's a diuretic. It's diuretic. It's, it, but at the same time, like. You yes, it's not as good as water, but it's you're still getting hydrated from it. You're not going to get dehydrated from drinking coffee. I mean, it's it's got water in it. That's right. It's not sucking the moisture from your pores. You'll be fine. Okay, good. Um, Lucas, yep. Hit us with that hypothetical. <clears throat> All right. This one is brought to you by Mr. Brad Silker, and he says, "Would you rather travel fifty years into the future?" Or 50 years into the past. You have to pick one, but you're not able to return to the present. I actually didn't, even though I'm the one that put it in the notes this time, I actually didn't take enough time to think, what would I do? (laughs) So let's see. Um, Just doing uh, mental math, not at all using my calculator. Uh, Let's see. 2019 uh, minus 50 equals, so 1969. That's moon landings a, that year, I think. Yeah, the moon landings that year. There's a lot of there's a lot of conspiracy theories that go on about the year 1969. There are, so you could actually you know test them out. So there's that. Uh, or um, if let's see here, 2019. 
I should, you know, I, I really espouse mental math, but here I am being too lazy to use it, but it's been a long day. Uh, or it would be uh, 2069 if you are, I can't believe I used a calculator for that. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's 2069 or 1969. So there's a hundred year span difference in where you're going to go. Let's see. Uh, so July 20th. So be coming up, right? We're uh, July 20th in 1969 was when Neil Armstrong was uh, the first the first man to to step on on the moon. So the mm-hmm. cool thing is, at this point, if we went back 50 years right now, uh, we'd be able to catch that coming. Yeah, that's right. Very much so. Now I've got this. I'm gonna just double check. I have a thing. Uh, an app that will actually predict the weather. I think it will t- predict the weather in the future. It's called time travel. <laughs> 50 years? Uh, what What year do I need to go to? 2069. 2069. Um, it won't let me go. Okay, let's find out what the weather was. in. That's very honest of it, not to let you go 50 years in the future. Yeah, but it will tell me. Um, okay, we're time traveling, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, March 11th, 1969, apparently <laughs> the weather was minus 18 degrees. Hey, we're, I guess we're, I guess things are heating up on the old earth. Uh Oh, it's plus, plus two here. Let's not get into that conversation. <laughs> Maybe that's when it all shifted 1969. So, okay. Uh, what would you do? Uh, that's a good question. Um, because I mean, there's always a possibility that you get 50 years in the future and the world is just gone, right? Like they've someone done messed it up, and it's just like a smoking crater, or it's gone, or whatever. So there's that possibility. There's also the possibility that we have hover cars and transporters and and replicators, and I mean that would be pretty sweet. Um, you know, we can finally see how the Avengers turn out. Um, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> it, it'll take uh, it'll take that long. <laughs> take that long to really wind it down. Uh, 50 years of the past, 69 is pretty sweet. The, the, the thing I like about going to the past is you'd only have to know a couple sports scores and you could become like a billionaire, right? Or like a millionaire anyway, for, through like, you know, putting some money down on a few sports events or whatever. Oh, Although yeah. I could, the Isn't only ones like, I know off the top of my head would be the, uh, the Blue Jay World Series that were back to back there, 93, 92 or whatever. Okay. So I could make some money there. Huh. That's about it though. Oh, I could invest in Yahoo and then then get out of Yahoo just in time to invest in Google. Oh, there you go. But I have to wait fifty years, like well, forty years to do it, really. So I'd be I'd be kind of po for a while, and then I would uh, then I'd make my money. So yeah, I think I'm gonna go fifty years in the past. I think. Um, what? You know what? There's also Woodstock. Woodstock was in 1969, and it happened uh, July 4th. So you could. You could I'm not I'm not I'm not one for crowds, Brad. I don't like going to the Ferriton Farmers Market. So <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna care for Woodstock. But but I mean I'd like the idea. It's a cool idea for sure. Some people would like it. Okay. Uh now the thing about going to the past is you and I are still at the age where we could potentially go to the past and still live long enough to come back to this time period. Yeah, right. So we could like basically meet, hold ourselves as babies. We could creating a time paradox. Exactly. We would we the potential there for that whole time paradox. You know, the whole grandfather paradox thing mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. is 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 a potential. Um, yeah. Wouldn't that be crazy though? Like to go back fifty years and we would be uh, well, I'd be eighty five by the time by the time we got back here. So would you? Eighty six, eighty five, eighty six. 
right? to this exact spot. Yes. Yes. To this to this exact spot. And then yeah. we then oh. We could walk in the door right now. Quick, look, is, it, are you, is, it, is there an old you behind the door? Yeah, well, I was going to say, you'll know if this happened next week if our voices are really old and... and <laughs> scrumbly. And scrumbly? Did you say scrumbly? Yeah, it's, it's back. Uh, you'll, then you'll know that, that we did it. The thing I like about going to the future... I don't know that I like anything about going to the future. You made a compelling argument for going to the past with the knowledge that we currently have, but you go mm-hmm. to the future and you don't know anything... You're, you're spending yeah. your whole time trying to, and at the age that we're at, now this is where our age now is, a, is, mm-hmm. is to our detriment, um, yeah. it, it will be harder for us to pick up the new technologies and the new things. We would spend all of our time just trying to figure out how to use the new search engine, whatever that is. Yeah, we won't know how to use the hyper internet or the, or, you know, hover phones or any of that stuff. Yeah, the hover phones. Yeah. That sounds like, that sounds like a really cool thing. Uh, listener, Lucas right now is holding his iPhone and bobbing it up and down across the screen. I wish you mm-hmm. could experience the uh, the joy of the hover phone. I've I've lost my show notes. We need to move on from this. <laughs> uh, let me jump onto the next one for us. Let's let's punch out of this one. Uh, so Yahoo answers question: How do I get the message through to my parents that I'm not going to graduation? Question mark. Now I put the question mark in there because, or, or the in the brackets in our notes because when I read this, uh, the person actually put a question mark at the end instead of like an exclamation mark. So when I read this, I heard it as though, uh, "How do I get the message through to my parents that I'm not going to graduation?" Um, it, to me, I didn't put it in the notes, but my private thoughts were that this person really just lacks the conviction then of telling them and you know making the point, "I'm not going to graduation, mom." But instead, they're like, Mom, I'm not going to graduation, Mom, Mom. That I mean, that is how it how it reads. So let here. Here's the context, and Lucas, you can tell me what you think about this. My parents keep going on and on and on about how awesome they think graduation is, and how they can't wait to see me walk and get my diploma. Except I'm not going. I think the ceremony is a waste of time. My parents keep saying that I, quote unquote, have to go and that they'll force me. They don't seem to be grasping the fact, they don't seem to be grasping the fact that I'll be a legal adult by then, so there's nothing they can do. If worse comes to worse, I'll end up standing them up. How do I get them to understand that I'm <clears throat> not going? Again, they question marked it at the end and all caps it. Um, just just because you're 18 does not mean that that you are adulting. Well, I mean... Yeah. Uh, There's some 28-year-olds who aren't adulting yet. Fair, so. fair, fair. True, 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 true. Evidenced by the fact they were used the word adulting. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, no, you you used it in that way, but I mean, someone's like, "Oh, I'm adulting right now. I'm I'm buying I'm buying food at the store. You know that kind of thing." <laughs> oh my, okay, that that yeah, <laughs> this bothered me at a at a at a real. It was, I, I could tell, like in your in your comments that I'm reading that you haven't said yet. You did seem like you really had a bee in your bonnet. Well, because rightfully so, right the. Parents and maybe maybe before I had kids, I wouldn't have been so uptight about this because I would have been more like blowing off that kind of stuff. Uh, certainly, younger Brad, you know, 
maybe could relate more with this person than 34 year old dad, Brad. Um, but like you, inv- you, as a parent, you invest so much time into your kids and you've got them for, you know, 18 years. And, and if you're, you know, Lord willing, a good parent that, that, you know, invests in your kids and all that, it's a lot not of to mention, work. not to mention the things you've had to wipe off of them, off of walls, off of floors for, because of them throughout your life. And they don't want to do a two-hour thing or whatever it is. Right. Even tonight, Mandy and Harmony, it was time for Harmony to go do some math homework. And she fought that the entire time. And Mandy just, you know, <laughs> stood her ground, was like, you know, we're doing this. I'll help you. All that kind of stuff. And, like, it was hard work for Mandy, the mom, for Harmony to do her homework. Right. And so this bothered me because I was like, you ungrateful swine. <laughs> It, they invested 18 years and they just asked for a couple of hours. And, uh, you know, uh, even and the, and other people in the forum on uh, Yahoo, they chimed in. You know, user X-Files fan had some hard truth. Your birth date says you're an adult, but your maturity level says otherwise. Your parents have taken care of you and supported you for 18 years. And attending a graduation ceremony is not much to ask. What do you think, I Lucas? Agree. What do you think? Well, I mean, yeah, to everything you said, yes. But let's let's be let's be honest with with the with the person. Um, as a milestone, graduation is great and is very important. Sure. As an event, they're not that great. Like they're 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 okay. It's long. It's kind of boring. It's you know what? It's some are better than others. Um, my high school graduation was kind of boring. But I can tell you one thing. If I hadn't gone, I would have regretted it. And my parents would have certainly been hurt, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely glad I did go. And you go and you you know, you know, stand beside whoever's closest to you in alphabetical order in your grad class and all that kind of stuff. But I have come around on graduations. Like when I, when I first started teaching at my school, I wouldn't go to graduations because – well, one, because I didn't know anybody who was graduating. I taught the younger kids, so I didn't know these kids, yada, yada. I didn't go. Um and partially because I thought they weren't that great. But then when I started going to graduations at the school, like once the kids I taught started graduating, of course I went. Yeah. Um, and I started really enjoying them. Um, and I and I kind of wondered why. And I think it's because, uh, one, we, only, we don't have a ton of graduates. You know, it's between 12 and 25, depending on the year. So it's not like 250 people have to go through. Sure. So that helps. Um, also, but because instead of just a generic um, – well, good luck. You're on to a new part of life. Like we have these Christian messages and we have more hope to offer. And we've had missionaries come in and talk about their stories. And we've had different people do things. I got to speak at graduation one year and I was really honored to do that. Um, and we can really say, you know what? You do have a lot of stuff coming up in life, but you know, we have a kind of a hope for you. And here's, here's kind of a thing, some things to keep in mind. And God has a plan for you. And there's a lot, they're a lot more hope filled. It's like going to a, a Christian funeral. You know, it's, it's, it's still a funeral, but there's, there's more hope involved in it. Absolutely. Oh yeah. man. That's a, that's a whole other conversation about non-Christian weddings and funerals. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, and graduations, I guess now, now graduations <laughs> is lumped in with those. It's, I, it's, the, it's the, the little one you'd add <clears> on the list. Well, it's funny because, uh, you know, I, uh, I go when we, since, since we've been here in Oxford, I've attended every high school graduation because we've had high school students that have been graduating and, mm-hmm. and, um, we've done the high school parties for them and, and different things like that. Um, and it's, it's important because uh, we, we go to support them. Yeah. It might be a, a long thing. And I've been to other graduations. I've been to some university graduations. Those are the worst. Those. Oh my word, man. Mm. So, Hey, um, 
Yahoo answer question asker. That was a tough sentence. Um, just hold on. It's going to get worse. <laughs> but here's one thing I'll tell you, and something I didn't realize until like right before I graduated, but man, when you graduate, you bring in a ton of swag. Like people are bringing you cards stuffed with money, stuffed with this. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's a, there's a lot of bookmarks with Bible verses on them as well. You're going to get some of those. You're going to get some hop-ons, but there's ton <laughs> like it, you clean up at graduation. Like let, let you have that to look forward to. And if you don't go to graduation, I say your parents keep all your gift cards and all your checks. There you go. Done. All you get is the bookmarks. That's funny because there was a, there was a huge uh, groundswell of people on Yahoo answers that were saying the same thing. Like, Hey, Give back everything that they've given to you then. You know, mm. if anyone gives you any graduation gifts, return it. All that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I thought this was an interesting question. Uh, user Anonymous asks, what do you fear? I assume in that voice, which I think is <laughs> ironic that they're asking that question because the username they've chosen is Anonymous. What do they fear? Being identified. Being identified. Maybe this person really has a fear of um, being singled out in front of a crowd. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it doesn't seem they, like it. It's, it seems they, they do hate that. We're talking about them. I, I know that. Yeah. Oh, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Uh, you added a little something in the notes here. What were you, uh, what were you talking about? Lucas? Um, which is an ironic username. No, nah, no nah. up in here. I'm highlighting it right now in our notes. Oh, <laughs> Uh, well, in the notes, when you were talking about the person who had done the uh, uh, the, the bad thing with the graduation, um, you wrote brat behavior. And I thought it kind of sounded like a Trump tweet, just kind of like bad behavior or brat behavior. Oh. So I just wrote comma sad, all in exclamation marks to make it really like a Trump tweet. Oh. Uh, so brat behavior, sad. Oh, that's fake uh, news, y'all. That's fake news, y'all. All right. Um, oh. <laughs> are we doing, are we doing the, the fear or, or what? Oh man, um, I don't know. I think I think we've we've taken this one as far as I want to go. I'm I'm agitated. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, how do you get the message through to your parents that you're not going to graduation? Stop with that message because you know what? You owe it to your parents to go. It's only a couple of hours, and it will it will. It's a good launch point for the next part of your life. It's a spot that you can look back to. And you're together with your classmates. You're together with your friends and family. Um, Lucas mentioned that there's, you know, potentially some money in it for you. Uh, to me, the benefits outweigh the 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 cons of that, you know, waste of time, quote unquote. And what are you going to do with your time anyway? Fortnite? Two hours. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right? See you, thieves. By the time that the loading screens are done, the graduation service will be done. Okay? So... Go to your graduation. Lucas, anything to say to this user? Uh, just um, turn it around. I mean, also, I mean, I, sh I shouldn't bring this up, but we live in a world of smartphones. So, you know, if I lived in a world of smartphones, my graduation would not have been that painful. Uh, but, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for our Not A Sponsor ad, the part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else, but they won't support us financially. Nobody does it better. 
Well, if you're like me, you don't enjoy subscription-based services. And the world today, that's just where everything's heading. Everything is a service and you you pay money for it. I enjoy when I can just buy a program for the computer outright and be done with it. However, I've come kicking and screaming into this next one because of how well it takes all the different things that I do out there and puts it all under one roof. And I'm talking about Microsoft Office 365. It's a cloud-based subscription service that brings together the best tools for the way people work today by combining best-in-class apps like Excel and Outlook and powerful cloud services like OneDrive Microsoft Teams. Office 365 lets anyone create and share anywhere on any device. And that's what it's done for me. My emails, all my documents that I do daily, um, PowerPoints and all the graphs and all kinds of different things. And not only that, but with OneDrive, you get a terabyte of storage. So I'm spending about $11 a month and I get a terabyte of online storage. Plus all my documents are there on my phone, iPad and computers. And in my opinion, nobody does it better at keeping all of my crazy internet stuff under one roof than Office 365, not a sponsor. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get into uh, our tough questions with tough answers. The part of the show where we wrestle and fight with exhaustion. Lucas, you all right over there? That looked like a big, that was a big yawn, man. That was a (laughs) two-hander. It's been a busy day, but I'm going to get a second win. I know it. You put your whole face in your in your hands. I don't I don't know why I thought that would be quieter. Uh, I, I suppose. Yeah. Well, here we go, Lucas. Let's get into this. The question is, and we kind of talked about it or something from last week. Oh, he's yawning again. Am I boring? Am I boring you? <laughs> no, that's what I'm always afraid people will think. <laughs> uh, well, they can't see you, so they don't know. Um, we from our kind of from our, our discussion from last week. Uh, we said a couple of things in there that when we were done recording, we talked a little bit more about, man, you are really giving up a lot of yawns. Wow, that's three. I haven't even been able to get the intro for this done. <laughs> I watched yawn never stops. <laughs> <laughs> so the question that we came up with uh, was was one of why do we go to church? I think part of, of what we talked about a little bit was the idea of there are some people that go to church as, as consumers, that they, they go with this mentality of consuming, what can I get, all that kind of thing. There are some people that go to church looking to find positions of power that they can be in to feel important. There are people that go to church to worship, um, you know, that, that they go to meet with God. Uh, maybe they feel that that's the only time in the week that they can. There are some people that go to church uh, because it's an extension of of their week of what's already been happening, you know, between with their relationship with the Lord and they come together with the believers. But so the question before you and I, though, is why do we go to church? And we can talk about maybe our own reasonings for church. We can certainly look at scripture. We've got some notes uh, here in front of us and and we can let's just let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about that. Yeah, sounds great. Oh, okay. So I'll continue. Great. <laughs> now let me hop into it. Um, you know, I would have started going to church just because church was, you know, where my family went and it, it was part of my, how I was raised, part of kind of my culture, you know? So that's just what was normal for me to do was to go to church. And, and that's where, you know, most young Christians start off with, or maybe they came in as youth group or whatever, but sure. the reason I go to church now is because it's where um, you can find that body of believers, that people who 
who kind of are heading the same direction as you and have the same values as you like within some, you know, range. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's where you do get the chance to kind of meet up and and get to know new people and to to worship, of course, and to, to kind of hear a message and to be challenged, hopefully, by that message. Um, but, but I think, I mean, we're going to get into this, but the church should not be just a once-a-week event. Like, if all you're doing is going to church on Sunday kind of living your life however and then going back to church on Sunday and you're like, "Well, I don't feel that different." Well, it's, it's maybe I'm jumping to the end here, but you know, That's church okay. is not supposed to be a one one hour a week thing, right? You know, it's, you know, what what are you doing with the other 167 hours in your week? Um, so making sure that that's the church should be your church service should be kind of your pep rally for the week, kind of rearing you up and kind of send you out to continue the mission, not like your once a week thing. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. Um, you know, it's funny, and I know we got notes, and that we're we're just we'll talk back and forth, man. Whether we hit these notes or not, whatever. Um, but but you hear it a lot from people, and they where they feel like they're what do we like? They go to church on Sunday, but then Monday comes, and and everything that they just heard and participated in on Sunday goes out the window, and they're back at whatever you know, the world's bringing and, mm-hmm. and, and that's just not the way that it's supposed to be. Now, um, sometimes we call Sunday the day of worship. Have you ever heard it called that? that um, I, maybe. So, or something similar to that. I, I've heard people refer to Sunday as like, you know, certainly it's the Lord's day, but every day is the Lord's day. <laughs> and, and every day is um, a day to worship God. Sunday, just so you know, like, yes, um, God created a Sabbath day and and made it holy, uh, and He set it apart. You can read that in Genesis. And the Sabbath was was about a time of rest and renewal. Now, if you're a pastor, that is not Sunday. <laughs> so, for all of you that are thinking that it's you know that oh this is the day of rest, well, you're, for your pastors, it is their busiest probably maybe one of their busiest days of the week. It's and game day. It's well, it, it is. Um, and so, you know, when you take your Sabbath day, I don't think that that's, I don't think the specific day is so important mm-hmm. uh, as much as that you make sure that you take time to, to renew and recharge and, and all of that. Um, you know, we meet on Sundays. It's the, we say it's the first day of the week, you know, in the Christian calendar. Um, and so we use that as our launch point into the week, kind of Lucas, what, what you were saying. But I've also heard this. And, and you know what? I've been guilty of saying this, and, uh, and I was reading an article, and I've referenced the article in, uh, in, our, in our notes here, but uh, when I was reading it, they challenged something that I've said an awful lot, and uh, is, is this. When we talk about church, um, you know, Jesus didn't, when he, when, he, when, he was te- when he was talking to Peter and he said, you know, on this rock, I will build my church. He wasn't talking about brick and mortar buildings. He was talking about the people, right? Um, exactly. That that we, the Christians, are the church, um, and so we get. But 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 lately, there's been at least I know for me, there's been this push of saying, you know, you don't go to church, you you do not go to church. You are the church, and and I certainly, and I think anyone that knows me would know the sentiment there is is that. Church is not just church is not just a building. It's 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 us. And it's a body. It's a body, right? Um, 
But it almost, this article that I was reading says that it can be an unhealthy view uh, of saying it like that because it's kind of pitting being the church and going to church against each other. Uh, there's like this, you know, there's this fight that's happening that calling the building the church now is almost becoming a bad thing. And, um, but if we're truly the church, the article says, then we will surely get together with other believers regularly. We cannot be the church if we don't go to church, not fully anyways. Um, I have heard people say, well, I don't know. I don't need to go to, to church to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I've heard that too. And that's, and that's one of those ones where, and, and I, I, I get what they're saying, like you, you, that whole thing, but I, I think it is important that you know, to, to recognize that, yes, you know, we are the church. The church is not the building. But going to church is important, right? Yeah. Um, the building itself, is the you know, the actual bricks and mortar are not important. But the actual going to have kind of communal worship with people, that is very important. And, I you know, I have friends who have said, you know, like, like, oh, you know, we don't need to go to church. And and to be fair, you know, they've they've been to churches and they've been burned because the, the church only has one problem. It was perfectly designed. The only problem with it is it's run by humans um, yeah. who are sinful, yeah. right? Like you know, if, if it wasn't for people, the church would be perfect. Um, but the problem is we there are sinful people in the church. It's like there's sinful people everywhere and, and you can be hurt. And sometimes you're the sinful one that's causing someone to be hurt in the church. And, uh, you know, I hope I'm not, but I'm sure I have been in the past. Um, so you have to just make sure that I, I do think it's important to go because there's, you're missing out on that community together. Um, and I think everybody needs that and to have that, that group. And, and obviously you're doing a lot of things with faith on your own. You're responsible for your own faith, but meeting together is important. And I think it says there's in the Bible somewhere, it says like, don't stop meeting together. Oh, yep. It, it definitely does. We're going to look at that down in a little bit. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, today it's so hard because even like even for us here in Oxford, we offer now live stream. So, mm-hmm. and and it, it was it was it wasn't just a decision to go. Okay, well let's just let's just put it out there. Like it was a conversation of okay, what what is this really going to mean? So if we put our service out on live stream, happening as it's happening, uh, will will we see less people coming together collectively and will we see more people going, well, I can get it online. So why would I leave my house? Why would I get up early, get dressed up if you do that and and all that fight with my kids to get them out the door, whatever, you know, when I could just put it up on my TV. And, um, and, and I think live stream is, is a good thing. The, I think though that there can be the temptation of going, well, does this count? Have I been to church today? If I've gone, if uh, now we have, and for us, and because I see uh, who, you know, who watches our live streams and stuff like that. And there are people that maybe, maybe they worked a 12 hour shift at night and, mm-hmm. and so they're exhausted, but they can catch the live stream. Hey, I'm just, you know, we're, I'm, we're glad that, that that's able to happen. Right. Like the reality yep. is, is people work on Sundays and people work these back shifts and all that kind of stuff. So getting the gospel out is super important and it does help people that are normally a part of the body to still feel connected when for whatever reason they can't be with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, we get a lot of people that travel. So when they're visiting family in different provinces or things like that, they'll jump into the live stream and watch what's going on. Um, so I think that that's important. Again, I just, uh, sometimes I wonder, 
are we creating a problem sometimes? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I haven't. Well, it's, it's a, it's a definitely a, one of those questions that's been coming up. Cause I mean, basically streaming search services is probably less than a decade old, you know? Um, and I was listening to a podcast where one church was talking about that. They're trying to make it an actual, like almost like its own campus. It's one of those like mega churches and like, you know, they have campuses everywhere. They have a live thing. And one of the things they do interesting, I thought was while you're what, if you're watching it, you're now part of like a, like chat with everyone else that's watching it. And they have like pastors in the chat who are like engaging people and talking with people and stuff. So that's, that's a cool way to do it. And, that's and I cool. think it's, I think you said and it's also valuable for people who are away or traveling or, or, you know, that sort of thing. Like we've done that where we've been our church cross point, you know, they, they have three services, but they also, um, they also record it. Um, and they put it out as a podcast, which is great. So that way, if I miss one, especially when you're doing a sermon series, like, Oh no, I missed one. And that way you don't have to feel guilty about it. You can just watch it on its own. Now yep. I've never thought that watching it takes the place of church because I'm getting the message but really, that's that's I'm getting one part of it. Like I'm not getting the worship, I'm not getting the community, I'm not getting all those things. Mm-hmm. It's better than nothing, but it's not the full picture. And that's I think the the worry is for those people who are first introduced to the church through the online that they'll never make the jump to the brick and mortar church. Um, but I mean, I still think it's valuable because those are people who apparently probably wouldn't have come otherwise, right? Do you ever have someone tell you a story that they were they were so excited about and they were telling you all the details? And then when they, and they were passionate about it, they were excited. And when the story was over, you just kind of like, oh yeah, that was great. And then, then they go, ah, you know what? You just had to be there. Yeah. And, and I feel like that, 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 that is a similar narrative to these, you know, live stream services, podcast things. You get the information. Yeah. Right. Like for us, we do, we have the worship team, you know, but are you going to be singing at home along with? Maybe, not sure. Um, uh, Can you give online? So can you, you know, can your tithe come in? Sure. Okay. Um, And and you can get the message, but there's still something to be said about when God's people come together and worship collectively, or what we would say in the church is corporately. Mm -hmm. Um, There's really something that happens physically, in that space during that time, that if you're not there, you're st- you're missing out. Um, I remember taking in some like uh, world class leadership conferences, and you know all these uh, like you know Bono and um, oh my goodness, um, you know presidents from the United States were giving these lectures and talks, and it was all happening live. But we were like a big satellite site, and mm-hmm. and you know the worship team. Uh, that was playing was phenomenal, but you know, uh, they were, you know, at the main site and everything was being broadcast out. And, and I remember taking all that in and the information was really great, but I felt like I was still missing something. Yes, it wasn't church, quote unquote, but I felt like there was still something lacking because did I really see Bono live talking and (laughs) sharing? Well, no, I wasn't in there, you know, there, there was something that I missed by not being physically present in that space that I would have had otherwise. Anyway. Well, it's like it's like doing a Skype call, right? Like you are getting all the same information, but it's not the same as being there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So then you, you got to look at, you know, um, is there a biblical pattern for the church? And I, I, let's, I'm just going to toss out a couple of things and see what, you know, what we think about them. Um, 
that every Christian should gather together to hear the scriptures and worship Jesus together with other believers weekly. And, and I'm just tossing these out and I'm going to throw a couple of scripture references out. You know, uh, if you, if the listener, if you want to look them up, Acts 27, first uh, Corinthians 6, 2, Acts 2, 42, Colossians 3, 16, first Corinthians 16, 19. There, I've got a, a longer list, but there, if you really want the rest, he can email them. To yeah. You. In, in fact, we could put, we could put the show notes out there for people. If you actually want to look at the scriptures, we could put them yeah. up for you. Um, maybe through our Facebook. Why don't we do it that way? We'll, um, we'll sure. release the scriptures and these, these notes. Um, so every Christian should gather together to hear the scriptures and worship Jesus together with other believers weekly. There is the pattern through scripture where people came together. Uh, you can see it in the Old Testament with the temple, with people coming together. You can certainly see it, uh, or the tabernacle, sorry, and then the temple. And then you can certainly see it in the New Testament. Even Jesus himself was, you know, in the synagogue as a youth teaching uh, and and asking crazy questions to the religious leaders. There's something about being together. Uh, it's also good to meet for smaller groups of Christian community uh, in other homes regularly. So we would call this like small groups, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. Here in Oxford, we've got small group ministries or people call them cell ministries or different things. But there really is something, so you, you can be a part of the, the big collective group, but there is really something about having a smaller community that, that you're accountable with, that you talk to, that you live life together with. Because it, you know, we've got, what, 150 people here in Oxford. It would be unrealistic for me weekly to try to live life with every one of those people. Yep. Um, but there are smaller groups that, that we can meet together with and, and live life and journey with. Um, Lucas, I think that, and, you know, Obviously, I don't want to hear what you talk about in your small group, but I, like you and your wife, I believe, are a part of a small group. Yeah, we've been doing small groups for a long time. When we first got married and moved to Ottawa, it was interesting because, you know, we didn't know any, we were just, just freshly married. We, we, we land in Ottawa. We don't know anybody. We kind of, you know, nose around looking at a couple churches and then we land at this church and it wasn't, you know, the biggest, it wasn't the smallest, it wasn't the whateverest, but, um, this guy comes up to me, Steve Outhouse, and says, hey, um, hey, are you guys new? I was like, yeah, we're just trying it out this week. He goes, hey, well, my wife and I are going out to, to Wendy's. Do you want to come with us? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. That sounds great. And then he comes back to us a minute later. goes, oh, sorry, we were just invited over to so-and-so's house. Do you want to come with us? Like, they invited you guys too. Do you want to come? And then we went to this couple's house. It was like, you know, 20 minutes away, but everything is at least 20 minutes away in Ottawa. And, uh, and these people had opened up their house and barbecued hamburgers and, and we, they just welcomed us in and it felt so cool to like be meeting people and talking to actual mm -hmm. human beings and stuff like that. Um, and then we joined a small group there and it was really cool because in Ottawa, Ottawa is such a, uh, transient town. Like it's all government and it's all like universities and stuff. So people are, no one's from Ottawa and Ottawa, everyone's from away. Um, so the cool thing was we had this whole small group that we joined and, we had one group that was from BC, one couple that was from, one that was actually from Ontario, but not from Ottawa. There was us. There was a group that was like American um, American military uh, that was there. And it was really, really cool because we did, you know, the, the did life is so cliche, but that's what we did. You know, like whenever one of us had to move, that's who we called. You know, like if someone had a sick kid or whatever, we would call the other person for advice. Like, yeah. and we, 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 we spent our, yes, our Bible study time together, but at church, that's who we kind of connected with. And we did like camping trips together, all this stuff. And it was, 
and it really we really felt like we had a family even though we had no family near and when we moved back to new brunswick that's the thing we were most excited for and we were that was the thing we were actually saddest to leave about ottawa is we had such a good group of solid friends there, um, and we knew that was going to be hard to replace. And, I mean, they're irreplaceable. Since then, I, we have since joined a small group for probably about, I don't know, five or six years now, probably more. If I, I, it's, Time is always longer than I think it is. But, like, it's funny because we joined, and every, it was five couples, and every couple had a couple kids. But now we, we, we all have, like, four kids now, so it's a massive small group with, like, a daycare's worth of children in it. Um, but... But same idea, like we, we, if someone is moving, we help them move. If someone's doing this, we help them with that. Like we just kind of, you know, live life together. Yeah. Now, now, so anyway, it's just something that I found very, very powerful. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm not going to go into it. I've been through, you know, I've been a part of small groups, uh, leading some, and then just, you know, not being the leader in others. And, and, uh, and it, it's been always, it's always been beneficial I've never ever been a part of a small group uh, where I've walked away and gone, well, that was a waste of time. Because no, sorry. One thing I will say though, if if you join a small group and it's like it's all right, like it's good, that that's okay. Like I have joined a couple that small groups that they weren't bad, but they were just they didn't. They, when yeah, we had yeah, our yeah. first small group, we had chemistry and it was awesome. And then I we we joined a couple when we first came in, and they were fine. They they weren't bad at all. Like we enjoyed going, but it wasn't like magical like the first one was sure and i was i was afraid we'd never get back to that but then this other group we kind of clicked and that's okay some groups kind of click more than others and if you join a group i i think like you said the worst case scenario is it's gonna be good and yeah. and if the best case scenario it's gonna be amazing yeah the thing i like about the small groups is the trust that that happens between the individuals mm-hmm. and and a small group trust uh has to be earned and it's something that takes time to grow and all that yeah uh, but being able to feel free to be yourself with a group of Christians that all, that that are you know journeying on the same you know path as you mm-hmm. and being able to really have some real conversations about things not just the superficial you know um, uh, to me I, I that's what I like about that mm-hmm. uh, you know another pattern uh, for the church is that it's it's good to have leaders overseeing the work and the needs of each local church. And it's a biblical pattern. Not all of us are called uh, to church leadership. And so we should submit to and serve whoever God is called to lead at the place we find ourselves. Um, and you can see that in Acts 14.23, Titus 1.5. Again, I'm going to make, I'm going to toss these notes out for you. But there's mm-hmm. all kinds of scriptural evidence, or script, you know, uh, scriptural um, support for um, the establishment of leadership and different roles within the church. Certainly we're all gifted differently and we bring those gifts, um, to it. Uh, and you know, this kind of goes back the next thing, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, about live stream and, you know, like churches, the podcast, like we put our sermons on our, on a podcast as well. Um, you know, if there's people who are unable for physical reasons to attend church weekly, they should be able to find a church who will gather together with them regularly for worship, uh, maybe in their own home. So, and and that you can see in in James five fourteen, you know, James one twenty seven, you know, things like uh, if any if any among you are sick, let them bring the elders, um, you know, to come and pray, like anoint you and pray over you and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, part of and and like our responsibility of the church to take care of the widows and the orphans and things like that, like they are a part of the church as well. And if they can't make it, how do we as the church reach them? So there are some things in the Bible that, you know, about 
uh, talk about that. You, you look one, pensive. Uh, there you go. Oh, sorry. Uh, one one thing too that I th- I feel like you'll probably be able to echo is a lot of people sometimes in the church are like, Pastor, you need to start this. Pastor, oh, we yeah. need to. St-. Sorry, no, sorry. They say, Pastor, we need to start. But by we, they mean you, the the paid staff. Yep. Need to start this, that, and the other thing. But really, like, it's it should be the people in the church. Starting the thing now, the people, this paid staff, like your pastor, your youth pastor, that they can certainly facilitate, but they sure. can't run every little ministry. That's and right. especially if it's your thing, like I have a huge passion for the homeless, and we should be serving in the homeless shelter. Great, serve in the homeless shelter, and bring people with you, and and that's awesome. Yeah. But but when you're looking for your clergy to do all the organization, I mean, they organize lots of stuff already. <laughs> Trust me, they're busy. Um, but. But start off, like put, invest some of your own time in it and and see how it goes. If it's a passion you have, you're going to be a better volunteer there than the clergy anyway. And and get in there, start it, bring people with you, and you never know what you can do. That's when churches really, really, you know, get rocking when you have the people who are not paid, the people who are, just, you know, I'm doing air quotes here, just members getting out there and doing the stuff on their own. I, our church actually had a had a talk about that the other day. They said, you know, get out there, do good, like, and, and, and share God's love. You don't need our permission to do it. Like get out there and do it. And then people will follow you. Absolutely. Um, Lucas, we need to continue moving through uh, a few more points. Uh, we're a little, we're getting close to the 45 minute mark here, uh, which is fine. You know what? We're just talking. And if people want to listen, then they will. But, um, you know, let's leave the people with uh, four reasons why you should attend church weekly and why church attendance uh, can really change your life, like really getting involved and, and getting in. Uh, by the way, this is not a, we're not promoting, uh, we're not trying to get you to become a member of, of our certain denomination or anything like that. Uh, that's a whole other conversation that we can talk about at another time, but this is just getting to a church uh, with a group of believers. So number one, God said so. Uh, God tells us in his word, Hebrews 10, 25, not to give up meeting together. Lucas, you mentioned that earlier. Um, And not to give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. This was a problem back then when this was written, uh, and it's still an an issue today. The Bible even goes so far as to call uh, the church the bride of Christ. And if you love Jesus, you'll love the things that he loves. And there is... um, there is no one a good man loves more than his bride. Th- that was a hard sentence. I'm not sure. I had to like reread that three times. You had to kind of get a run at it. I had to get a, yeah. Uh, but really, you know, um, uh, the church is this important to God. And, s- and so it should be just as important to us. And God didn't just, God didn't call us to gather together and worship to burden us, but to bless us. Church attendance, getting into a church can become one of the greatest blessings of your life and your family life. And, and I will just say this, um, regardless of being in ministry, uh, obviously that may, means that we're in a church all the time, but we've moved as a family a few times. And one of the greatest things for us when we've moved is that we are immediately um, welcomed into the community and have people in the, like we immediately feel a part of something and we're not just out here kind of, you know, on our own. Floating in the breeze. Right. Um, So, you know, but the point here is that God told us to. Yeah. 
number two, worshiping Jesus together is powerful. Uh, Jesus lives inside us by his spirit. Uh, when we believe in him, this is profoundly incredible truth. Uh, but there's also something biblically powerful about gathering together with other believers to worship. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am amongst them. Matthew uh, eighteen twenty. Uh, so he not only lives in us by his spirit, but he is in the midst of us when we uh, gather together to worship him. And I can tell you, some of the most like powerful moments of my life have come from a, just like a, a powerful worship. And it's funny because sometimes these have been at places where there was like a huge like group on stage and they had the coolest sound system and the and all the you know all the the fog or as I call it the holy smoke and uh, and the lights and you know like sometimes it is at those like super cool events and sometimes it's been at camp with like a guitar and like right. that's it and but just it's people who have the right heart behind it right if you have the right heart anything any kind of music will pr- pretty much do if, as long as the lyrics are good. Um, if you have the wrong heart, it doesn't matter how big your budget is, uh, you're not going to get into that worship. Um, and I have many, many fond memories of my camp days and that worship because you're in that mindset and you're, you, you have your heart in the right place and you are, uh, worshiping him. And like I said, it doesn't, didn't have to have big pyrotechnics or anything. It was an overhead projector and a out of tune guitar and, (laughs) and we had powerful worship. Absolutely. Uh, Maybe there's a reason why he says, in our weakness, he's made stronger. That's right. Hmm. Another reason is we need Christian community. All of us, whether we want to admit it or not, long for community and connection with others. You can say that you're introverted or extroverted and all that. The reality is that we were created for relationship. Uh, First off with God. Um, and with each other. God has given us this gift in gathering together uh, for church and in smaller groups in each other's homes. It fulfills something that's actually inside of us um, to do life with others and encourage one another and be authentic with each other. You know, Christian TV, podcasts, books, and conferences are wonderful additions to our spiritual life. Hopefully, you found that with Oxford Holy Club. But this podcast is not to take the place of regularly getting together with a Christian community uh, and through a, through the local setting of, of the church. And whether that means that you're meeting together in a house or in something that has a steeple and a cross on it, I'm, I'm not so concerned about the building as I am that, that you're together with God's people. So we need Christian community. Uh, Next up, number four, we grow more together than alone. So it can be messy when we step into each other's lives and not, sorry, not can be. It usually is messy when you step into other people's lives. Um, We're all human and no one is perfect. So it requires effort and intentionality and grace from God to do life together, even as believers, because, you know, you can keep, you can fake it an hour a week. Like you can. But sure. when you start intertwining lives with other people, they're going to see your flaws. They're going to catch a pick in your nose. They're going to whatever, right? Like they're going to see the ugly side and you're going to see their ugly side. But that's how you get to know them. You know, like I know all the ugly sides of my family and vice versa, but it's because we're close together. We know each other. Yeah. And the closer you get, it's, you know, there's the scary aspect of it, but there's the powerful aspect of it. So gathering regularly with other believers becomes a refining process whereby we help each other, pray for each other, and encourage each other uh, to want to know Christ more wholeheartedly. It is a truly beautiful thing. Don't let excuses stand in the way of what you know God is calling you to do. And I think that's that's very true. And, you know, 
you always grow more when you're being spurned on by someone and it's like, mm-hmm. come on, you can do better. And, you know, when you're being challenged by people and that's what I love about a good small group or, you know, sometimes just a person in your, in your church who just kind of says like, you know, you can do better or try this thing out or just to challenge you, you know, it's a, it's a powerful, powerful thing. Absolutely. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We've said this before, especially when we talk about the local church. Um, if you are not connected with the local church, uh, regardless of where you're listening from, uh, and and perhaps, you know, you feel the Holy Spirit's putting his thumb in your back saying, hey, 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 um, I, I got to imagine it's just like that. Anybody's saying, you know, you're, and you're, you're sensing, man, I... I need to find a church or I need to just, you know, maybe there's a church down the road. You haven't been there or maybe you've been hurt by the church and you haven't wanted to go back, but God's saying, Hey, it's time. Maybe you don't need to go to the same body of believers. Maybe you go to a different one. That's between you and the Lord. But, but if that's you and you're, and you don't know where to go, reach out to us. Um, because we'd be, we would be more than happy to connect with local pastors in that area and, and connect them to you. Um, that is not that is not a problem for us. We would be happy to help you with that. Uh, so you can email us if that works for you at oxfordholyclub at gmail.com. And let's let's get you connected into uh, a group of believers that can encourage you and you can encourage them and you guys can live life and grow together. I love it. Lucas. Yep. Is it safe to install a TV in the kitchen? Uh, I mean, it, actually, I'm going to say no, and not for like safety reasons, but because for but purely for productivity reasons, because I remember seeing kids who had my I had cousins who had a TV in their kitchen, and I was super jealous because uh-huh. like, man, that means you get to watch cable TV while you eat your cereal in the morning, and me and my brother are fighting over who gets to look at the back of the cereal box. Um, which I was telling my kids about. And they're like, that's weird. Why did you look at the back of the cereal box? I'm like, because there's nothing else to look at. There, nothing else? Why don't we look at my brother? No, thank you. No. Uh, and vice versa for him. But, um, and I still remember, um, if I'm thinking of a famous movie with a TV in the kitchen that played a prominent role. Can you think of which movie I'm thinking of as that would be from our childhood? Home Alone? Yes, Home Alone, and I think they had a VCR TV. It's a, and it was like a little like thirteen inch tiny little TV. Yep. But like, oh man, just the possibilities. Now that being said, I also I watch my iPad every morning. That's a part of my like morning routine. I'll watch like an episode of something while I'm eating my shreddies or whatever, uh, <laughs> and I and I love it. But man, if my kids have the ability to watch TV and try to eat. It would be it would be ten hours getting us out of the house. So for that reason alone, I would never install a TV in my kitchen. Uh, so that's where I'm at on that. Uh, Zulkan the Great from uh, from Yahoo Answers says yes, as long as you don't install it inside the oven. User Solo says no way. A kitchen has magical powers that will set TVs on fire. So Bradley, have you ever had a, a TV kitchen or a, t- a kitchen TV? We've never had a kitchen TV. We're similar to what you would say. Like sometimes if I'm cooking or doing something, I'll toss the iPad on just for the sound. Um, or uh, I don't really, I don't eat in the kitchen often. We eat in the dining room. Right. We got, you don't have anywhere to eat in your kitchen. Well, you don't have a table in there, do you? No, we don't. We have a table in our dining room. Right. Uh, this is another conversation about, you know, like, sitting at the table with your family and eating the importance of that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be a mm-hmm. tough question with tough answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as I currently sit in my kitchen recording this at my little breakfast nook. Yeah. Anyway, is it safe? I don't know. I don't care. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so there. There you go. All right. Uh, Lucas, we're going to end this sucker with a recommendation. And this recommendation is um, we're going to we're, we're starting with a clean slate on the recommendations. That didn't work. How what whatever you you cut the recommendation from last week out. And so no one knows about your Xbox controller love. Uh, it's OK, because next week I'm going to use it as uh, the not a sponsor. Oh, smart. Yeah. Uh, So we're doing a soap recommendation. That's right, like a bar of soap. So, Lucas, I see that you're now writing. So why don't you share yours and I'll share mine? Uh, Well, this was kind of a surprise one. Uh, But I actually, I'm giving one I haven't used in like a long time. But I used to buy this stuff called like Nivea Skin Scrub. And it was basically this like... This soap with these little beads in it, so when you like, you'd rub your skin and it kind of like oh, it well, exfoliates. Scratch. Yeah, like exfoliates, and I, I don't think I've bought it for like five years. I just remember it was kind of fun getting little little scrubber bubbles in there. So yeah, that's kind of fun. So if especially if you want to, uh, you know, scrub up the old skin a little bit better, uh, go for the old Nivea Skin Scrub, not <laughs> the actual name. Uh, mine, I use my soap recommendation is Dove Sensitive Skin because that's all I can use. Um, <laughs> but I wish I could use Irish Springs. Uh, that is that or Zest because you're not truly clean unless you're zestfully clean. Wow. Yeah, there it is. I grew up, my grandfather always had Irish Springs soap and I just have so many fun and, and I like the smell, but mm-hmm. I got that. I have to use sensitive toothpaste. I have to use sensitive soap. You are a delicate ecosystem, I, my friend. Man, like, ah, oh, it's it's rough. I got the sensitive skin. I'm hardy. I'm I'm hardy <laughs> like an old oak, but and just as pretty. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, so I guess I, I'm not sure which one I'm recommending. If you've got the sensitive skin, I'd go Dove. But if you are just you know hardy, like Lucas, uh, hardy <laughs> as the bald eagle, then I'd recommend Irish Springs. Well, Lucas, thanks for uh, taking the evening to spend it with us and with me. And uh, and thank you, listeners, for spending the last almost hour with us, unless I've done some magical editing and brought this down to a half hour. Well, thank you, Brad. And uh, we'll close on out here saying that you can always follow our podcast at multiple locations. Of course, we've got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Oxford Holy Club. Uh, you can always feel free to email us at OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. If you're using social media, hit up the hashtag OH Club. Uh, any five-star ratings we come across we uh, for our podcast, uh, <laughs> we will read them on the air. Yeah, we're just gonna start scouring the internet for five star ratings and reading them. <laughs> Getting real desperate. Oh my goodness! Hey, listen. If you can, don't feel like you have to, but if you can, become a supporter of the podcast and uh, with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes, you can support it for you. You you know the drill. Uh, one, five, or ten dollars, um, and you can make a donation by by clicking the link in the episode description. We're gonna put that in there, uh, but. More importantly, until next time, keep spiritually fit and And have have fun. fun.